listening to the Stormcast, a podcast from the Omaha Storm Chasers. Oh, he got him! Oh, he got him! Escobar got him at first! And that ball's way out of here! It's a two-run game-winning homer! Here's your host, Jake Eisenberg. Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Stormcast presented by the Sarpy County Chamber of Commerce. Jake Eisenberg with you and we've got Josh Dye here, left-hander for the Omaha Storm Chasers. Kind enough to spend some time and chat with us for a little bit. Now the first full season at the AAA level for you, Josh. Made your AAA debut very end of last year, but now this season. You start the year with the Omaha Storm Chasers. What's this year been like? Um, this year's been a lot of fun. Uh, I think we got a great group of guys here. Um, we, we played well together as a group. Um, and just just being in AAA, you know, I mean, if I looked back at myself five years ago and said, "Hey, you'd be playing AAA ball and doing all this and that right now," I I wouldn't believe myself to be quite honest with you. And it's just great to be here. I'm I'm very happy. So let's let's rewind that clock. Five years ago was what 2017. Mm-hmm. So you were a junior in college. You were just coming off Tommy John surgery. Yeah, uh, wasn't Tommy John actually? It was. Uh, I had several bone spurs in the back of my elbow. Um, which is obviously better than <laughs> yeah, TJ. Yeah, better, better than TJ. Better than TJ. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was uh, that was my red, uh, red shirt junior year. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I obviously I've always had a dream of playing professionally and this and that, but uh, I was just kind of trying to be real with myself and, and have a, a plan if it didn't work out, to say the least. Um, and we're here now. What was the plan? <laughs> Well, I got a degree uh, in criminal justice. Um, not so sure that I would have stayed on that path. Um, I wanted to be a game warden as I was growing up and all that. And, you know, I love being out on the water and all that. So, you know, being a game warden in a boat, just enforcing the law, you know, sounded like a really good plan to me. But the older I got, the more I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to go that direction yet or not. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it. It wasn't a bad backup plan. <laughs> All right, time out, because we need to unpack that a little bit. Because, you know, like kids growing up, like you grew up in Florida, but kids growing up, they're like, yeah, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a doctor. But you're sitting there going, game warden. That's yeah. that's what I want to do. Uh, what exactly is a game warden, first and foremost? Uh, game warden is uh, basically a cop in the outdoors. Um, they... they ride on their boats all day go go in the woods check people that are hunting make sure they're doing the right thing um boating laws all that all that stuff fishing laws making sure you're keeping the right fish not keeping the right fish all that stuff all right so you know you're not a game warden but do you get out on the water or into the woods and, and go hunting and fishing during the off season quite often in the off season that's that's my thing that's my uh it's kind of my release from the world i guess you know i i like being on the water just just getting away from everything and that's my that's my cool down and Biggest fish you ever caught? Biggest fish I ever caught. Um, I would have to say I got a, I got a couple options here. I, I'm going to go with a, a bull redfish that I caught back home in uh, New Smyrna Beach Inlet. Um, it weighed weighed about 40 pounds, and uh, I don't know the exact length, but somewhere around 50 inches. It was it was bigger than my leg, to say the <laughs> least. So I mean, it was it was a very big fish. I mean, you got you got pretty long legs. You're six foot five, so that's that's significant. Long but skinny legs. <laughs> Forget you ever, that. So, so you ever you ever come close to catching anything that's like you know your length, six foot five? Uh, I've been around guys that have caught fish as big as me. Um, that was that was in college. Uh, tarpon. 
Okay. A lot of, a lot of tarpon fishing down that Fort Myers area. Um, and I've seen guys catch catch fish as big as me, but I've I've never personally done that. All right. Well, you'll have to keep us updated. Maybe, yeah. Maybe one absolutely. day. Absolutely. All right. So growing up in Florida, you're growing up as, you know, little leaguer playing baseball. Now we see you on the mound. You've got this three-quarter arm slot. Was it always that way or, you know, was it just kind of a natural development sort of thing? Um, I would say it was uh, – that's kind of always been my arm slot. It was just where I felt comfortable, I guess. Um I did used to throw across my body a lot more than I do now. Um, I would I would step pretty much all the way towards first base um, and throw yank all the way back across my body, and um, it was very effective to lefties. But I wanted to be effective to both sides of the plate. You know, I didn't want to just be a lefty specialist or whatever it may be. I mean, if I get to the big leagues doing that, great. But um, and I, I also had a few hip problems here and there. Um, just because I was putting so much stress across my body, doing doing so much, and uh, as soon as I got drafted, um, I I was told by a Royals pitching coach um, that if you know I'm not a big velo guy, I want a little bit more velo, maybe straight straighten out, um, and it could help my changeup play better to righties, all that stuff. Um, so that's that's the one big change that I did as far as uh, my pitching mechanics, but. Uh, I've, I've always had that three-quarter arm slot. When did the growth spurt happen? Were you six foot five in high school, or did that wait until you got to college? No, I was uh, I was kind of a small kid uh, in high school. You know, <laughs> I I probably threw eighty three, eighty four. Um, now, when you say small, are you saying like, oh, I was six <laughs> one? No, I mean I, my freshman year of college, I grew seven or eight inches. Whoa! Yeah, that that off season of after my first year. At college, I so grew. so graduating high school, you were like five nine, five ten. Yeah, I was, yeah, five ten probably, five ten, and probably a buck forty. Wow, I was a small dude. So so senior year of high school, freshman year of college, you're growing seven inches. How does that change who you are as a pitcher? It changes everything. I mean, I it took some adjustment to say the least because I grew that that much out of nowhere, and it was like. All right, I don't really know how to use my body. <laughs> I was like, I was just a big slender man. Throwing, you're like a you're like a baby giraffe out there learning throwing, how to walk, throwing body parts all over the place, you know. <laughs> um, but it it took some adjustment time, but it definitely helped me. I mean, one of my key pieces now is, I mean, I still don't throw very hard, but my extension on my fastball plays so much better now that I'm tall and lanky the way that I am now. So explain extension for people. Um, extension is basically how far. You you release the ball before towards home plate, I guess. Um, uh, how far your hand gets extended towards home plate before releasing the ball? So I'm I'm around seven foot. Um, so that means I'm releasing the ball roughly around fifty three feet. So pitcher's mound, sixty feet, six inches yeah. home plate to the batter. You're releasing the ball to them. It looks like you're standing at fifty three feet. Right. And so even though your fastball's coming in low nineties, because there's a shorter distance. It appears as though it's mid nineties or even upper nineties, depending right. on how hard you're throwing it. Yep, no yeah. doubt. All right, so you get to FGCU. First off, you know why? Why FGCU? Um, I didn't have very many offers coming out of high school. Um, like I said, small dude. Because uh, you were five ten, yeah. hundred and forty pounds, dripping yeah. wet, throwing eighty three. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I I chose FGCU. Uh, I went to a camp there. Uh, my parents were nice enough to pay for a, a camp for me to go there, and um, it just kind of fit my profile. You know, they they got a beach on campus, outdoor fishing all in the area, and on top of that, I had a, a good buddy of mine that was going there. Um, 
and he was committed there and I, I didn't really have much. I had a offer from Lipscomb and that was pretty much it to be honest with you. Um, but I had a buddy going there and I was like, Oh, you know, I was some small high school kid and I was like, I want to go to a college with somebody that I know and all that. So that, that kind of pushed me to go, go there. Are your parents tall too? Oh uh, yeah, they're, they're decently tall. Um, my mom's like five ten, and my dad's probably six foot. So five, where, where did the height come from? Um, we've all, we've all in the family asked that question. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but my grandpa on my mom's side, he used to be six three, six four. So um, I'm thinking that's where it came from. Okay, I, I've I've heard that the height gene skips a generation sometimes. So so maybe maybe that is it. Yep. Maybe that is it. Uh, so there was nothing about going to FGCU that was like, hey, like this is where Chris Sale went. You know, he's a he's a lanky lefty. I know you weren't you know as lanky at that time, but mm-hmm. freshman year you were. You know, how much did you look up to him and see what he was doing and think, hey, can I do that too? I definitely looked up to him. I mean, I, growing up, um, at least when he was pitching in the big leagues, obviously he still is, but when he was, that's that, that was my guy to watch. It was like, you know, it's obviously it was a little bit harder than I do, and but we, we look similar out there, you know. It's it's a piece that I can maybe puzzle together, and, and uh, he definitely was the guy that I would watch. But honestly, it didn't, it didn't persuade me to go to FGCU any more than anything else. Um, I just... I just had a good feeling about that school, to be honest with you. You ever have the chance to meet him? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I've I've uh, hung out with him a few times. He he comes back to FGC every once in a while in the off season. Um, you know, throws throws bullpens and and all that stuff. And I've gotten to where I've I've played a few Fortnite games with him and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So that's pretty cool. All right. So I mean, it appears that he's pretty intense on the mound, as, as a lot of guys are. Is he just as intense in, in the Fortnite chat? <laughs> he's he's pretty intense about it. I mean, he he definitely takes it serious. He'll he'll yell at you and all that stuff and tell you to, hey, we need you over here. Hurry up. <laughs> stuff like that. I've just got this image in my mind now of, of you and Chris Hill playing Fortnite together and then him breaking out one of those ridiculous dances. <laughs> <laughs> any, any, has that ever happened, do you think? He, yeah. You think, he knows what, you, know, you think he knows the dances? Yeah, I'm sure he does. <laughs> I actually, um, I think uh, him and a couple buddies, I think it was – he was when he was with the Reds. Well, he's playing with the Red Sox. He I saw videos like two, three years ago of them playing Fortnite on the Megatron and all that. So I'm I'm sure he he knows everything about Fortnite. That'd be that'd be pretty cool one day. Yeah. So, you know, plug it into like big screen, big league park, and just you know have some fun. Absolutely. I saw a couple times that the Royals have you know played Mario Kart on their on their Crown Vision board mm-hmm. out there. That seems like that's a good time. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'd love to be there yeah. during that. So. You know, hunting, fishing, also, but it seems like video games also another outlet for you. Um, it was. Uh, I, I don't play as many video games as I used to. Actually, I didn't even bring my PlayStation or any of that this year. Um, I did get into uh, the virtual reality stuff a little bit. I um, I bought one of those Oculus things and I play the virtual reality golf every, oh, cool. every now and again. So that's kind of my outlet now. I I put the uh, put the gaming down a little bit, but still. All right still get into it i got some questions about the the oculus vr because i've seen them in action before and you know i know what's going on inside the glasses like really cool super Mm -hmm. immersive but from the outside looking in watching somebody put the goggles on (laughs) it looks ridiculous yeah has anyone caught you just like looking ridiculous while doing like you know (laughs) oculus golf or whatever austin cox is my roommate (laughs) and uh yeah i forget what we were doing but it was at home at the apartment 
And he came back, and I was just standing in the middle of the living room, sitting there taking <laughs> taking dry hacks with an imaginary golf club in my hand. And he walked in, and he was like, what the heck is going on here? <laughs> um, so it's, it, it can definitely be interesting to watch. Let's go back to FGCU, because, you know, like you mentioned, sophomore season didn't happen. You had surgery on your elbow, then you've got to come back, you know, your, your redshirt junior year, redshirt sophomore year in 2017, mm-hmm. um, whatever you want to designate it as. Uh, you know, what was the di- most difficult part about coming back from injury like that after not pitching for a full season? Um, to start off, I, I would say I missed just the atmosphere of being in a dugout where I was playing. Uh, that, that whole year that I missed, it was very tough because I had never went through anything like that. And um, just having the support of my teammates and all that was was huge because it was like it was something I'd never known before. I was like, I'm sitting here in a dugout in shorts and I can't even play. Like, what is going on? This sucks. Um, but coming back, I I think a part of that, you know, when I was hurt, I had a lot of opportunities to analyze the game and just understand like what can make me better as a pitcher. Um, so I, I used that off time as a very beneficial time. Um, and when I came back, I, I felt really good about what I was doing and where I was at. And I think that, that definitely helped me. Did you grow more? Absolutely. <laughs> um, I I think that was the time where I started putting on a little bit of pounds. Um, don't really have that many to put on, <laughs> but I think I that was where I put on a few pounds there. So did you at that point? Did you did you reach the height that you are now? Yeah. By, by the time yeah. you know your third college season came around. Yeah, I was I was six five, probably one seventy by then. We're we're burying the lead a little bit because in college you were a starting pitcher. Yeah. Now you know you're in your second full season as you know full blown reliever with the Royals. So you know you get drafted. We'll, we'll get back to that in a second because I'm sure that was you know an awesome experience and a mm-hmm. great day. But you know you get your first taste of professional baseball. You, you come out of the bullpen a little bit because you'd thrown a lot of innings that season in college. Then you finish off that 2018 season as a starter, and then you don't start again. Mm-hmm. You know 2019 or 2021 until you know the other day in, yeah. in Des Moines where you know you get the call <laughs> for the spot start. We'll come back to that too. But the, the, what was the toughest part about going from starting in college to being told, hey, you know? your best shot at success in this game is a reliever? I think the toughest part, um, the transition part of it, is just when you're a starter, you know exactly when you're pitching every every week. And coming out of the bullpen, it's like, hey, you got to be ready seven days a week. I mean, it's not. There's there's no days off. It's not like, okay, i got this many time, this amount of days to prepare for this day and all that. Um, so definitely, definitely the whole just not knowing when you're going to pitch was, was the biggest transition for me draft day comes around or draft days in your case because you're a late round pick by the Royals mm-hmm. what was that experience like in, in 2018 you know sitting around and waiting for 692 to roll around <laughs> um it was it was very interesting um but I I did have a good feeling about the day that I did get drafted you know I had uh had some family over and uh, my girlfriend at the time which is now my fiance. um she she was there and we were all just kind of hanging out and I remember because uh, my brother had uh, the MLB whatever the draft tracker pulled up on Twitter or whatever and he was going through it and that shows up like ten seconds before they actually say it so he showed up he he I remember him scrolling on his phone he his Twitter he just his eyes went huge and he looked right at me and he was like 
this is it. <laughs> so that was it was a very awesome day, you know, just having all the family there and all that, and just a dream come true right in that moment. So your your brother basically breaks the news to you that you've been yeah. drafted, and then about ten seconds later, is that when you get a phone call, or is that when you hear your name? Um, that's when I heard my name. Um, I was I was chatting with uh, the Royals um, over phone calls and texts the, the two days before and all that, um, and just kind of finalizing stuff and all that. So I, I had a good idea that it was coming, um, but right in that moment, no, I, I wasn't really <laughs> sure. So, <laughs> and now you've got you know a few seasons of pro ball under your belt, and there's obviously maturations and growth that happened during the season, and then you know a lot during the off season too, professionally, but personally congratulations are in order because you're now an engaged man josh mm-hmm, sure you, you got down on one knee popped the question was it early january yep and you're, you're now you're now a fiance you and yeah. you and emmy it's crazy it's crazy to to think about uh we went to charleston for the new year um and to be quite honest i don't think she was expecting it uh, <laughs> i mean we have been together for a very long time um and i'm sure she she knew that it was coming sooner than later but on that trip i do not think she expected it how'd you guys meet uh high school High school sweethearts. High school sweethearts. Yeah. Wow. So did she go to FGCU also, or were you guys at different places? No, she went to the University of Florida. Um, so we've, it's kind of funny, we've kind of had the long distance for quite some time now. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, we're working on trying to get it to where she can come uh, out and live with me during the season. Um, but we've kind of always had that long distance piece where, where we know how to make it work. So you think it was a little bit of a surprise to her that, you know, you popped the question when you did. Uh, why were you ready in that moment? And like, what what made you think, okay, now's now's the time? Um, I, I had it in my in my mind all all the season before. Um, I, I knew that I was ready, and I knew that she was the one. Um, and I kept telling myself, I was like, it's, I just gotta go for it. You know, <laughs> I mean, like, I know I want this. Why why am I waiting? So. Um, Right, right. As soon as that season ended, I, I mean, I was uh, getting the ring set up and all that during the season. Um, but right as soon as that season ended, and I was just kind of waiting for the right opportunity. And what, what's, uh, why not Charleston for the new year? You know, sure. I mean, most importantly, she said yes. Uh, do you remember exactly what she said? Exactly what her reaction was? I remember she just looked like a ghost. I mean, she had the wide eyes, the open mouth, and then. Uh, Honestly, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> I really don't. I mean, I kind of blacked out for a little bit, and but I know we ended up hugging and kissing, and you know she that, said that yes, means that's so all good. That's all good. We're good to go. <laughs> so I saw you. You posted a picture of the proposal, and you're down on one knee. She's standing there, you know, all all shocked and you know, like a ghost, like you said. And maybe look, maybe it's just the angle of the picture, but but you're pretty tall. So like you go down on a knee, and it looks like you're still about the same height as she is. <laughs> how how tall is she? Uh, she's she's not she's pretty tall for a girl. I think she's like five five eight five eight. But five, still eight. on a knee, you guys are almost yeah. Seen or eye it's eye. it's it's quite a big difference. <laughs> but she she fits me well. Yeah. Has she had the chance to come to Omaha yet? Yeah, she has. Uh, she's been out here twice already. Awesome. What have you guys you know gotten up to? Any anything around town? Um, not too much. I mean, we've we've gone downtown. Um, to eat a couple times uh one of the times my my parents and brother came out as well with her um so i got to have you know the full family time together and that was that was awesome to see them um but we haven't we didn't get into too much just you know the typical typical dinners and hang out and you know coffee in the morning and all that type of stuff sure i mean the, you have the luxury of having 
you know, progress through minor league baseball with with her. You know, long distance, but still coming to visit and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've now experienced, you know, Wilmington and Northwest Arkansas and Omaha together. And I got to imagine it's it's pretty fun to be able to explore these places with, you know, the person who's now your life partner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's very fun. She's been she's been out to every, uh, every affiliate I've been to um, and just... I think my family has as well. Um, and just being able to go through those moments with them is, is really cool. What kind of fan is she? Is she the kind of fan your, your parents do? Are they the kind of fans that, you know, can watch, got to pace around, like so nervous, you know, hope Josh does well, or are they, you know, at it roaring like, let's go, let's like, what, what kind of, what kind of fans are they? I think my dad, my dad's the one that just sits there with his arms crossed and just kind of like is a little bit of the panic mode, but not panicking, you know, holding it together very well. Um, my mom's the one with my mom and Emmy, my fiance. They're both the ones with the the crazy heartbeats and all that, and you know, just wanting me to do good. Um, I remember uh, Emmy has a Apple Watch, and her heart rate on her Apple Watch when I was pitching one time was like one eighty, one ninety. So. You can only imagine. Man, and, you know, because you're a reliever, usually that heart rate's only spiking for, yeah. you know, an inning, maybe two, yeah. but you get a chance for a spot start the other day, and, you know, you're going three innings, and it's like you're back in your first season of pro ball, back in college. You know, when, when Thor said, you know, hey, Josh, you know, we got this this hole in the rotation. Heasley's gotten called up to go pitch for the Royals. You know, we need you to start the game. Well, what goes through your mind? Um... I was like, I kind of told myself, you know, you've been there before. Uh, you used to do that for four years in college and partially a, a year of, of pro ball. So just going back to, to my roots, I guess, and just thinking, you know, I've, I've been here before. It's it's not that hard. I can figure it out. Did he give you some sort of limit like, you know, hey, we'll see what we can get out of you, but it's going to be no more than three, or is it a pitch count thing? Um, I think it was more of a pitch count thing. I mean, I... I don't I, he didn't tell me anything specific like hey you're gonna go three or hey you got 45 pitches or anything like that um but you know I I kind of figured uh that I was they were gonna get whatever they could out of me yeah well I mean they got they got three solid innings out of you and now and you were talking before about how as a reliever you got to be ready every single day mm-hmm. you know the day after you start like that's <laughs> yeah. a day that you can kind of chill out a little bit yep today's a chill day for sure <laughs> <laughs> so what is what does that day look like compared to you know your normal day where you got to make sure you're ready um it's it's definitely a lot more relaxed to say the <laughs> least you know I don't I don't have to go out to the field and be I mean, obviously, I'll be locked in, but I don't have to, you know, have all my bands ready and, and all that stuff uh, ready to go for me. You know, today will be just a, a watch and learn from the game type of day. What's the best piece of advice you've gotten from somebody within the Royals organization? Um, honestly, I, I would say believe it all on the field. Um, and I, I take that to heart because when I when I step out on the mound, you know, whether I go a perfect inning or seven runs in one inning. Um, I'm not going to be too mad at myself because I know when I stepped on that mound, I, I went out there and I did everything I possibly could to pitch to my best ability. Um, and as long as you're doing that, I mean, you can't really be too mad at yourself. How do you think you've changed as a pitcher from when you got drafted to now? Um, I've developed a few better pitches for sure. Um, I'd like to think that I, I command all my pitches a little better than I used to. Um, and, and the velo has spiked a, a, a little bit. 
So you've got you know four seam grip on the fastball, but because of where you throw it, it's got some sinking action to it. Mm-hmm. Then you know you're tossing a changeup too, and you've got you know sweeping slider. Is that an arsenal that you've honed, or is that an arsenal that's changed? Um, that arsenal has kind of always been there, and I've just kind of perfected it. Um, I have been throwing my past three outings. I, I'm throwing a new two seam. Okay, and it's a little bit slower than my fastball uh, than my four seam. Um, but it's got it's got even more of that sinking action to it, and like for example, uh, yesterday, I mean, it, it bailed me out big time. I, I first hitter of the game, got a base hit up the middle, and I'm like, all right, I need to get the momentum back on my side, get a ground ball level play, get out of this thing. First pitch, I threw that two seam, and it, it looked like a fastball all the way, and then just sank late, and I got that ground ball um, for a double play that I needed. I mean, it's it's. Like I said, I've only been throwing it for the past three games now, but I, I think it has been very beneficial in, in helping me in tough spots. So that two-seamer, it's it's diving away from righties. Right. It's diving into lefties. Mm-hmm. And velo-wise, it's what, 88 to 90-ish? Um, I'd say a little bit slower than that. A little it, slower it's, than that. It's, it's, I think the past three outings, it's been like 86 to 88, maybe 89 sometimes. So here's what I'm getting at. What's the biggest difference between that two-seamer and the changeup? Um, they have similar action, but they do have a difference in speed. And the difference in speed, I think, is huge because, I mean, if you've got two pitches that look the exact same with a different speed, it's going to be that much harder to hit. I mean, it, it, and to be honest with you, the two-seam fastball looks like a fastball, a four-seam out of the hand. The changeup looks like a four-seam out of the hand. And they're all mixing off that same plane but have different speeds. I think it's just huge and it's it's hard for these hitters to pick up. How do you develop a pitch for the first time? Like, you know, when you're when you decide, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna start mixing in this two seamer. You know, how do you figure out what grip you want? You know, what do you do in bullpens to make sure it's a pitch that you can trust and wield the way you want to? What kinds of conversations do you have with Dane Johnson and the rest of the Royals pitching development, you know, group to make sure that that's ready for to use in a game? Um, Dane, Dane actually was the one that approached me and was like, hey, um, I think a two-seam would be very beneficial to you. And the more I started thinking about it, the more I realized, wow, he's he's probably spot on. It, it really could. Um, and so he just, you know, told me to start playing around with one. He didn't give me a grip or anything like that. Um, I'd throw one in the past, but it, I just was never comfortable with it, I guess. Um, so I didn't have enough confidence to take it into a game. Playing, playing catch with the two-seam um, build, builds my confidence as well. Um, and then taking it to the mound, it's it's learning how to throw it. You know, whenever I throw a two-seam, it has pretty good sink and run to it. So when I first started throwing it, I was I was way off the plate. I was pushing it and all that. And um, just working on it in a bullpen to, to get it start at middle and end it on the outer half of the plate. Um, and just feeling comfortable with it is, is the biggest thing for me. Is there somebody, whether it's a pitcher in the Royals organization or in a different organization, that you'll lean on or reach out to and ask for advice on a certain pitch or deliver? Like, is there another lefty that throws similarly to you that you look up to and, and turn to for advice on stuff like that? Um, honestly, no. I if if I ever have any questions about anything, you know, I I feel pretty good about going to uh, the Royals and and asking Dane, and Dane can take it up with. Uh, more people within the Royals, and I feel pretty confident with my answer that I'll get back from them. 
what about guys, you know, that are within the Royals organization, other lefties like Foster Griffin or, you know, Gabe Spire, Amir Garrett's now joined the group, uh, Jake Brents became a Royal last year, you know, he's on the shelf right now, mm-hmm. but, you know, another lefty that kind of might wield a similar arsenal to you. Yeah, um, I, I mean, just being around baseball guys all day long, you know, we get to talking pretty pretty frequently about just um, our, our pitches and, and all that stuff. I remember talking to Amir Garrett and uh, Big League Camp this year. Um, we were watching Bryce Harper, uh, Bryce Harper on the TV batting in spring training, and me and him just kind of sat there through through his at bat and just went over. And Amir Garrett, you know, has faced him before, and he was just telling me, you know, you got to do this to this guy and this and this. So just just learning off guys that have already been there is is a huge huge thing. Um, but also here here in AAA, you know. Um, like you said, Griff, you got Freeman that's been in the big leagues. I, I talked to Freeman uh, about his slider a little bit and just his his or he throws a curveball, but I, I talked to him about it and just his th- thought process behind that. Um, so yeah, I mean we got a lot of guys that we we talk all the time, just learning off of each other. We'll finish up with this. Uh, what kind of mustache advice have you gotten from like Foster or from Daniel Mangden? Because your yours are starting to grow out. Like it's starting to come in thick. It, you, yeah. I, I remember beginning of the season, it was it was a little bare, but it was there. And now you know you're starting to get some actual like depth behind it. Yeah, uh, I think I might end up trying to trying some of this gel that Mangden puts in and kind of twirl it up. You know, I'm thinking about doing something like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely getting a little long. I. I didn't expect it to get this far. No, but but I mean, has he said like, "Hey, you know, this is the the wax or gel that I use"? <laughs> no, no, he hasn't. I, I wish he would because I could use the help. <laughs> All right, well, you'll you'll have to go talk to Daniel and be yeah. like, "Hey, give me some give me some facial hair tips in yeah, addition to you know whatever sure. advice you got pitching wise." <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Josh, you know it's been fun getting to know you. Uh, last year, toward the talent and seeing your AAA debut, and obviously off to a good start this year as well. So thanks so much for the time, and you know we'll look forward to talking again soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family.